Hi, this is Doug Jones, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. I know! Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, and we will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another new year of uh, recordings in Area 51. You're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We are the only podcast to guarantee to remain carbon neutral for the entire remainder of this fiscal year. I have no idea what that means, but we're going to do it. Cam, why are we doing that? I don't know. This was your idea to remain carbon neutral. I was all about, you know, making the the podcast more green. But you said, you know, that splashing it with buckets of emerald paint was just not what people meant by green. No, that was stupid. You bought all that stupid paint. I have 20 gallons of seafoam green paint sitting here. This is stupid, man. Why did you do that? Well, you know, I mean, I, I, the, you know, I figured the sea foam for the trim, and the oh, uh, the emerald, the emerald would be like, you know, for the uh, the walls or the larger portions. I thought, you know, it would okay. be a good mix of colors. It's it it's nauseating, but whatever. <laughs> okay, tonight is no longer mask optional. Uh, the mask mandate is back into place. Ron DeSantis, you can bite me. Uh, in Area 51 tonight, it's, uh, in the words of John Cleese, something completely different. And we'll get to that in just a minute. In Area 51, at the clickbait fact-checking Wheel of Fortune and Soylent Green Snack Bar, it is Captain Cam joining me once again. I don't know if he's watching anything tonight. Did you get to watch anything this week? Oh, on YouTube? Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So I'm learning how to cook. Found, oh, God. oh, no. Oh, you say this, but, you know, I've found a chef that speaks to me. You know, there's so many chefs out there. And I yes, found far a chef, too many, but yeah. I found a chef that speaks to me, that cooks the way I would like to cook. Ted Nugent? No. <laughs> the, chef, the chef is called Danhausen. And okay. Dan Housen is a gentleman that I'm trying to think of the best way to describe him. You take every late night horror host you've ever seen, throw them in a blender with uh, a, a, a nice little portion of Pee Wee Herman, a little bit of the humor of Conan O'Brien, and a little bit of, uh, you know, professional wrestler skills. And you have Dan Housen. And he does cooking segments on his channel. I just finished watching How to Cook a Hot Pocket. 
And to be honest, you, I didn't you know. Thir- wait, 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 you, you threw it in a friggin' microwave. Well, you right? know, why didn't you tell me that? So, you know, I wouldn't have had to watch Danhausen show me how to do it. Oh, for God's sake. The man is the man is a culinary genius. I think more people need to just go out, check out his cooking things. Uh, he's done one on making spaghetti, popping popcorn. You know, he's just he's a culinary genius. The you, man you're really going to provide you're really going to provide a link for this garbage, aren't you? Yes. Yes, most definitely. So this this week on what Captain Cam's watching, it's going to be a really bad YouTube cooking show. So stay yeah. with us, guys, because that's what we're going to do. Hey, when you hit the random button on YouTube, you just get what you get. It couldn't have been cat videos. It had to be this. Whatever. Anyway, um, we dispense with our regularly scheduled show this week um, to bring back an old friend nobody in the listening audience ever knew we had. Um <clears throat> And in order to introduce him, we have to go back to one of our old friends that everybody in the listening audience should know we had, uh, author and and great friend of the show, a great friend of ours, V.S. Holmes. V, uh, wonderful writer, wonderful friend, and just wonderful human being, introduced us to this friend of hers who just happens to be a publicist who I guess at one point said something to him about us. And I'm going to introduce you to him right now uh, from somewhere up in ice cold Canada. It's Mickey Mickelson. Mickey, hey man, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It is a pleasure to be part <laughs> of your show. Now I get to. Oh man, you've you, you've been part of our show for years. Right, it's just never, people don't know it. Stage, never on stage. Now, now, actually, you know what? I've never yeah. heard the story about how you actually found out about us, but I'm guessing it was through V. It was through V. Um, your podcast was on the list of of her media opportunities when she signed with me as a client. And I said to her, well, today, because she's non-binary, I said to them, send me your media list because I want to know where you've been booked so that I don't double dip that. Well, they put your name up front and center. So I obviously had to take a look and find out what you guys were all about. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, and I didn't know you from a hole in the ground, but to be honest, I was so impressed by what your website showed and what you guys were doing that I had to reach out and I knew I had to get at least one other client on there on, on your show, not knowing this would become like a four year engagement of, of, of guest appearances, including myself today. So thank you guys for that. You're welcome. Yeah, this has been one of the most fun relationships we've had in a very long time. Um, uh, We, uh, 
the funny thing is I've known V for six, seven years. Uh, they and I met when we were like uh, partners at this really small con. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Sitting, sitting across from each other, and she had they had their books up, and. I walked over and I said, can I check out your books? And V and her partners who were there just handed me all their books. Said, here you go. Yeah, yeah books are amazing. And I had, the covers are just incredible. Mm-hmm. And there were about five people in her public, the publishing company there. And one by one, I had every one of them on that's awesome because they they were terrific and they they, each one of them was very different one of them cam i don't know if you remember one of them wrote children's books with sheep yes remember that and i can't remember which one it was but god damn they were just amazing and one and 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 v had this wonderful uh uh, uh, science fiction uh, series that she continues writing to this day. Just did I think number five or number six in the series, and it it's to this day it's just it just keeps getting better and better and better with every book she writes in this. They write in the series. That's the Ned so, Bentley one, right? The, yes, the Nell Bentley series. Nell Bentley series, yeah. Yeah, and, they just won multiple awards for it, and they also got oh a five my goodness, star, yes, and they got a five star review on Publishers Weekly with the last book, Heretics. So I mean, you know, I got an email from V, and it said basically, you got mentioned somewhere, and I <laughs> hope you don't mind. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and awesome. I went, oh, okay. You know I don't. And basically, what it's turned into between you guys and us is that Creative Edge Media, uh, when you and I, when when Sci-Fi Saturday Night and and your company first got together. Creative Edge Media was kind of like a part-time gig for you. Four years part-time, yeah. Yeah. Didn't go, didn't go full-time till September 2019 when the company I was working for merged with another and they eliminated my position. And so all the work I was doing from the – thanks for bringing this up, Dom. All the work I was doing from a relationship standpoint up until September of that year – I was doing all of this part-time. And at that point, I think I had about 45, maybe 50 authors represented. Or over 100. See, you had you had a crap load of clients at that point, And you yeah. still had a full-time job on top of it. Yep. I didn't sleep. Usually I was up at 4 a.m. <laughs> it's true. It's We can joke all we want. But, I mean, I was up at 4 a.m. every day. I Actually, I still do that. But I was up till 4 a.m. every day. 
working until 8 a.m. on Creative Edge stuff, then do my day job, and my day job required travel, so I was traveling a lot as well. When 5.36 p.m. came around, then I would be doing Creative Edge for another four or five hours every single day, plus the same routine on weekends. So it was an incredible amount of workload hours, and I'm not complaining because I love what I do, and I think I'm good at what I do, which is why I love it so much. Plus, the clients are just incredible as well, and, and the media relationships like you guys. So I'm not complaining about any of that, but that's pretty much how we got to where we are today with a, a client base of over 100 authors, four publishers represented, and, and multiple award winners and international bestsellers. So, so in, in the time since we started working with you, I think we started off, when we started off, you had like 15 or 20 authors that you were repping. That's right. And you're now up well over 100. It's about 100 as the last count today, yeah. And that's over a course of four and a half years. That's correct. Holy crap, man. That's amazing. No advertising. Everything is done via referral and things like what we're doing right now talking via interviews and things like that. I've never had to advertise my services to get clients in that way, shape or form. It's always been through word of mouth, connections, affiliates, and referrals from my own team. Now, and here's the weird thing. It's not like you're in Boston or New York or LA. No. Where are you out of? Rural town in Alberta. It's actually the border city between Alberta and Saskatchewan. The border is Main Street. <laughs> no word of lie. The border is Main Street. So 50th Street is the border. Um, and it's in a town, Lloydminster, which I think a population might be maybe 34,000. I might even be wrong on that amount. But yeah, I'm doing all of this from there. So I'm getting calls from LA radio and and New York magazines and, and all that stuff. And I'm doing it out of my house in a small little area capacity. And I think that's out of the norm, guys, because I know there's a lot of other publicists out there and their bases are Toronto, Vancouver, New York, LA, things like that. Hey, and, and don't forget big time podcasts like us, man. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, they're <laughs> just outside of Boston, right? Uh, we are so far outside of Boston, it's ridiculous. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're 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 cut from the same cloth, me and you, right? Like we're like oh, we're hell yeah. in the same way, right? But I'm we in the middle get of coverage. But we right, but we have success. And that's what counts. I we're we're doing what we do because we like what we do, and people figured out that when you like what you do, you do it well. Exactly. And you guys do do it well. Um, I love working with you guys. You And all of my clients, I've, I've not heard one bad experience from anybody being on your show. And I know that typically you guys book me, you have for the last three years with slight gaps, but not many. So, yeah. Well, we, we, we have... <laughs> what we figured out is you 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 
bring a lot of meat to the table for us. Well, thanks, guys. Like, I appreciate that. You throw us a letter every couple of months, and <laughs> we sit there and we go, we sit there and we go, holy shit, he's got this guy and this guy, and I never heard of this guy, but I really like the book. Um, there's a should, should Cam should we tell him about the uh, the subtitle of our podcast? Sure, what the heck, you know? Well, I mean, no, you know, no, he's pro- no. he's a, no, he probably no. should know before he goes any yeah. further and he books any more people on this show. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this the subtitle for the podcast and a, a, a lot of people, a lot of people who have been on the show know it and uh, a lot of the listeners have probably figured it out at this point is it's always been cool shit we like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I get why that is because, yeah. Um, I mean, if it's not cool shit we like, what's the point of having it on? Number one, right. uh, and and number two, uh, there are too many podcasts where if it isn't, people just you know, there are too many people just too busy either not reading the books or you know just pretending to do an interview with the same 10 questions over and over again. And what the hell's the fun in that? Well, and that's, I was going to say, but it's a good segue into this, to the comment I'm about to make. I get a lot of compliments about your guys' show. And we've had multiple award winners on your show. We've had international bestsellers on your show. We've had indies who are just getting started out on your show. But the feedback is always the same we've had new york times bestsellers in your show the feedback is always the same they read the book and so the interview (laughs) it's true so the interview we do yeah you do you guys read the books and that makes for a better spontaneous back and forth out internal conversation and it makes for good good radio Really, it does. We 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 had always thought when we first did this, when we first did this as a radio show over twenty years ago. Holy shit! Over twenty wow. years ago. Jeez. Yeah, it's been around. We started this in two thousand as as a live radio show on local radio in Manchester, New Hampshire, and the idea was uh, we sat in a. Uh, in a studio and it was like a bunch of people who liked each other sitting around talking yeah nice. and you know each of us had their own area of expertise mine happened to be you know hard science fiction and <laughs> another one was into fantasy another one was into uh into anime um and every once in a while, one of us would bring a friend along. And sometimes that friend was a writer. And sometimes that friend was an artist. And sometimes that friend was an actor. And, you know, we brought them into the conversation. I love it. I love it. And as long as we could maintain that kind of, you know, welcome to our living room, have a glass of wine, sit down and talk. Uh, it, it's always been a format that's worked really well for us. <clears throat> and when we did our yeah. 500th show. Uh, a couple months back, about two and a half months back, I was rudely uh, reminded of the fact that I am the only person 
who has been here throughout all the shows. <laughs> That's amazing. We rotated everybody else through. But that I am the crazy. only person who's been here through all 522 shows. Good Lord, I'm really getting old. <laughs> That's crazy. Cameron, you're making note of that, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I am making note of that, most definitely. Okay. Dome, hasn't, Dome hasn't given you a suitcase yet and told you to go packing, has he? Oh, no, no, no he doesn't dare. He doesn't he's dare. He's writing my retirement speech. <laughs> So do you, what questions do you guys have for me? Like, what do you want to know? Like, let's, you know, what kind of things are you looking for? Well, I mean, the, the only thing that, you know, because we've already had, a, we've had a couple publishers on. We've had people that have directed uh, documentaries and yeah. movies. And I was just, I think it might not, it might behoove. I love that word, behoove. Ooh, he's uh, using a word. Look at him using a B word. B <laughs> word. That's great. A B word, yes. Uh, for our audience to kind of get an idea, because some of them, I think, probably listen so that they can maybe pick up little things about writing and they themselves are writers or potential writers. What is it that a publicist, you know, I mean, I, I think some of us know, but what does a publicist bring to the table for an author that a publisher doesn't do for them? Well, I'll, and thank you for that question. I'll, I'll tread carefully about it because... <laughs> And, and I believe this to be true. Not every publicist is cut from the same cloth. Not every publicist has the same kind of process in what, what and how they do things. Um, I'm told that I'm an anomaly in this industry. Um, I mean, I've been featured in places like Authority Magazine and, and I've got like these 100 clients or whatever, but I'm told that the way I do things is completely different than what industry standard is. We all know that, and I'm getting into this in a sec, we all know that traditional publishing, the Penguins of the World, the Hachettes, the, the big four publishers, they will typically promote a book between three and six months. And due to their excessive workloads and their company processes, after that six months, they're going to move on to the next project. That's that's common knowledge. I'm not slamming. I'm not berating. That is common knowledge. The one thing I'll say to that is I've developed a process where we're as effective promoting a backlist book as we are a new release and over a long period of time. And I'll use an example for that if I can. Yeah. I represent, I represent New York Times bestseller Tosca Lee. She's got a pandemic duology called The Line Between and A Single Light. The last book was published in 2019. We are still, and it's 2022, we are still getting media coverage, library events, book signings, and exposure for those two books. And we're still doing it with a multitude of different authors and the same kind of vein and same kind of process. So I guess for Creative Edge, industry standard doesn't work. We make our living based off of affiliates like yourselves, 
We learn to become friends with media. We get to know what their likes are, what their dislikes are. And then we promote all of our people in that way, shape, and form, if that makes sense. It actually does. And it's it's interesting because you were talking about back your backstock, you know, you, you, you know, because there's been times where literally we've come back to you a few times, especially because, you know, you and I are the ones, you know, that talk a lot because, you know, one of the things I do here is I am the official booking monkey of this, uh, yeah. this wonderful podcast. And we will find a book that we really love. In fact, there's going to be one I'm going to be getting in touch with you about soon. But there's a book or an author's particular genre of books that we want to go to something that they did previously that we may have discussed on the show. And we've asked you, you know, can we also talk about this book, you know, or, you know, and it's great to be able to not just be being pushed the very latest book, but to be able to go back. Cause how many times have I told you Mickey, you know, it's when you hand us like book five in a series that, and we do our best <laughs> with it, but it's like, but it's like, Seriously, just give us book one so we can at least get started, you know, so that, yeah. you know, we don't feel like we're thrown in the deep end of the pool. We love to be that point where somebody listens and goes, OK, well, book one may have been published five years ago, but guess what? There's now five books in that series. And we're going to sh- tell you what book one's all about so that hopefully, you know, you love it and enjoy it as much as we did. And that's what I, that's what I love. And, and you you work well with that. You don't sit there and go, nope, sorry, Cameron, we got to have got to get book six out there. That's the mm-hmm. one we're really pushing. And that's what I love about you is that I can I can go into your your archives and go say, hey, I'd like to, you know, talk with, you know, about this particular book. Bring it on, because when we were talking with the author, they really sold it to me. And I'd love to, you know, talk with that about that one. And that's something I love about how you do things. Well, and and it's mindset, and and I'm not trying to put everybody into the same lump or same grouping, but I I do want to say one thing. I think that indie authors, especially who don't have publicists, they they make one severe error in their marketing platforms and their their mindset around that, and and that error is I have to promote my next book. I have to build up my platform so that my next book is stage front and center. And and to me, that's a mistake. So the way I work, and I, I guess I'm giving away some secrets, but that's okay. The way I work is I'm not about promoting the book per se. The book is a byproduct of what that author is. What you wanna do is promote the author and their branding and have the book be the product of that. It's no different than it's no different than using McDonald's and the Big Mac. When everybody sees the golden arches, they know that that branding is McDonald's. They know the Big Mac is a product of McDonald's, but they also have other products that they can cater to cheeseburger, quarter pounder, their world famous fries, all of that. But it's really the overall branding of the Golden Arches is that's that's the pitch. And so whenever I'm gonna use VS for a second, when I'm promoting someone like VS, I'm not gonna promote Travelers or Heretics or any of the other books within that series. 
I'm going to promote VS and have them be the branding piece. And that's where the success comes in, if that makes sense at all. Actually, it does, because that's kind of what we like to do. We like to have the authors on. We like to get to know them. We like to know what you know, how they think. And we want the, the readers, the listeners, to get to know the authors, because I, I, at least personally, I enjoy a book more if I if I've if I know the author or if I've met the author or if I've had a chance to listen to the author because there's so many times where I'll have read a book and I'll walk away going okay that was a good book and then I listen to the the author speak passionately about it speak and 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 point out things that I may not have seen that they intended and it makes me go back after we've done the podcast and reread and go Oh, I see what you were doing there, and it, it it's so much or, better. To, you know, or or we have an argument with the author about <laughs> what they did to a character. Well, there you go. Yes, we yes. we've done that too. Yes, <laughs> perfect. But That's it, good. it allows so, for, yes. for for example, yes. where an author killed off a character, and I went, "Why in the hell did you do that?" I love that character. Well, it's true. And then I got branded as cold-blooded because I told you exactly why the author had to do that. And the goddamn author agreed with you. <laughs> yes, exactly. See? But it's author branding, right? It's author branding, end of the day, right? Yeah. Really. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep, 100% agree with you. It's it's that author being able it's the author should matter as much as the book they're writing we would we want to know that i think especially in this day and age you know that we live in we want to know the author as well as we know the book because you know it, it gives us an an insight into what they're writing why they why they feel so passionate that they, they that's now they're living or at least most of their living so yeah yeah i think so it took me a year and a half to figure that out and actually I used Stephen King as my uh, branding argument for that because, well, Stephen King is not known only for just Carrie or Misery or The Stand or Cujo or any of those things, right? He's known right. for being he's known for being Stephen King. And so when Stephen King puts out a new book, the marketing gurus that Stephen King works with, they're not promoting the brand title. They're promoting it's a Stephen King book. Buy it. No different. One of the things that we've noticed that you bring to the table and that Cam and I really have come to appreciate, and I don't know how you do this, but when you bring an author, um, and this is not something that's organic that just naturally happens because we've seen when it doesn't happen. We've had a number of authors from other places who've written really good books and come to us with one word answers or monosyllabic responses, or sometimes no responses at all in the middle of interviews for no reasons. And yet, when we get a creative edge author with us, we know that they're going to bring something with them. And I'm not sure how it happens, but we always know 
we we have not had a creative edge author come on this show that hasn't felt passionate about their work that hasn't brought that passion out with them and that's been really great from our point of view because it's not something that we have to drag out of them they bring it right to the table I think and thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I'm glad this is being recorded so I can hold it against you guys later. Um <laughs> <laughs> or or it blows up in my face because I, I bring a an author to you is gonna give a one word answer, but the the reality oh, what do you do? <laughs> we'll hear it. You'll hear it. Yeah, no question exactly. about that. The 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 reality of it is the screening process, actually. Um whenever I'm looking to bring on a new client or potential clients. I have a one hour interview with those individuals. And in that one hour, for some unknown reason, I'm able to determine whether they're going to be a fit or they're not going to be a fit. And I don't sign my authors based on the merits of their books. I'll be honest, I don't read a lot of books. I'm a comic book nerd. I read comic books. I like little funny pictures. I like short blurbs. <laughs> I like Batman. And it's something that I actually have time to do because, well, I have 100 authors I'm representing. So do I have time to read a full-on book all the time? I don't. So within those interviews, I really don't care what's inside the meat of the book. All I care about from the book perspective is does it have a nice cover and is it marketable? Yes. Has it been professionally edited? Yes. The story part, eh. I sign my authors more on the vision of what they want to do and how they conduct themselves in those interviews. If they're going to tell me one-word answers, then they're going to tell a media person a one-word answer. And so I don't sign those individuals. They are simply not the right fit for Creative Edge and its team. So maybe that's why that happens, Dome. I'm not sure, but that's been my process and I will never deviate from that, so. He never, so my, reads, my... The, he never reads the books, Dome. Heretic, heretic. I'm going to have to read you some comics in my will. What can I tell you? I have read specific books of my team. Not every. All right. All right. All right. Meanwhile, we read how many books a year, Cam? I know. Minimum of 70? Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm usually right around 70 between reading every week and plus any extras and plus reading for pleasure, which occasionally I get to do. I mean, not that I don't enjoy. And and when I say that, I know that sounds weird because I enjoy every book I read. But there's books out there that are the ancient books. Like, you know, like I'm getting some of the Highlands I've never gotten to or cool. some or even reading. So like um, H.G. Wells, reading yeah. some of his lesser known books, getting back there and reading some of those older books is stuff I do for pleasure because, you know, it's like have you, I find I find a little bit of time and read them. Have you gotten to read Dream Park yet? Not yet. That one's next. OK, okay that's got to be next now because, uh, yep. you know, that's that's part of. That's part of the learning curve for you with the books you've got to get to. Well, kudos let, let, to you like, guys, because, yeah. 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 I so mean, my, my question, Mickey, is... Yeah. I know you're big on planning. You're, you're a huge planner. 
sometimes. Yeah, more often than not. So where <laughs> do you see Creative Edge going in the next couple of years? Um, well, we have something exciting that we'll be announcing this month that I can't talk about yet because it's not... Contract's not fully signed, but it's going to be signed within the next week to two weeks, and that'll be big. Um, but from a logistics standpoint, my goal in doing this has always been, once I got big enough to make that happen, and I think I'm almost there, my goal was to get all of members of my team international reach, get them known locally, get them known stateside, get them known wherever they are, North America wide. If I had my goal, every member of my team would be known on an international scale. That's what would happen. Part of doing that is number one, we have to sign higher level and more, this is gonna sound bad, but I'm gonna say it, more out there authors who have platforms that are marketable. And we haven't always done that, but we're doing that now. Um, we're, we're getting more mainstream people, we're, we're, we're developing relationships with uh, publishers like Inklings Press, which is one of the top five in Houston, things like that. So we're really looking to spread our wings and and do it in a way that's going to be professional, yet aggressive, and just be known for having and representing high quality people, if that makes any sense at all. You know, you know, Mickey, it does, it does make sense. And I've got to tell you, it has been fun for the past four and a half years working with you uh, in the 22 years that Sci-Fi Saturday Night has been a broadcast and a podcast. Uh, this has been one of the funner alliances that we've had. Uh, it's one that we want to keep close and we want to watch grow and develop even more. Uh, I can't thank you enough for all that you've done for us over the past four and a half years. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you for everything that you've done and Hope that we can uh, stay together for the next four and a half, five, ten years. I'd love and, that. And thank you so much for being on the show tonight. And uh, feel free to drop in again anytime. Well, thank you so much, guys, for doing this. And uh, this is a bucket list for me in the media world. Being interviewed by you guys, I just it's amazing. And I appreciate the relationship our, as well. Our guest tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night has been the owner and director and and head guy over at Creative Edge Media, Mickey Mickelson. And uh, whenever you hear us say, here's another guy Mickey sent to us, he's the guy who did it. It's his fault. <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. Thank you. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is made possible with the support of Granite Con and Double Midnight Comics, Plastic City Comic Con, the Upper Valley Comic Expo, Dreamforge Anvil and Dreamforge Magazine, and Comic Art House. If you're looking for a great gift idea, 
Movies suggest sci-fi Saturday Night's anthology, My Peculiar Family, available on Amazon. The audiobook is also available on Audible. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. Check out all of his amazing work at robwattsonline.com. Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Their discography is available on Bandcamp. Thank you so much, Jojo. This is Dome saying shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. So unless it's daytime, good night, everyone. There once was a girl from Nantucket. Good night, everybody.